So, when traumatic events happen, you either remember them in perfect clarity or you hardly remember them at all. I don't know which kind Phoebe is, but I can tell you which kind Becca is. She barely remembers anything. You were in the middle of a victory. You had, just with your three friends, the other co-workers at Griana's Meats and More, had just vanquished an elemental beast, all of your own accord in front of all of the citizens of Langdale, and it had felt fucking awesome. And then you heard a scream that resonated in your eardrums, into your heart, into your brain, into your soul. And then you felt an arm on your shoulder and the crowd and Langdale and everything else was gone. And suddenly you weren't dreaming, but you were standing on that same cliff face as you had been in all of your dreams before. A forest down below you, but it felt hundreds and hundreds of miles away. And a, and a young girl off to your left, Becca, eyes wide, terrified, unsure of what's happening, and she opens her mouth to talk to you, and she's gone. And she vanishes into thin air. And it is you on a cliff face, absolutely alone. There's no way down. It looks like there's maybe a way to climb up. To where though, you can't even see the top of the mountain from here. You look up and eventually the clouds hit. And so you're, you're stuck. You, you hear no sounds of life, you just hear wind. As the cold of fall begins to sweep in. As you're waiting, maybe 10, 20 seconds as you try to process this, and there's a snap of energy next to you. And with this snap of energy, Becca is back, and she's sobbing, and she's not alone. She has grabbed someone else. And she has no idea what's happening. You can tell there's just nothing but fear in her eyes. And there is also fear in the young girl standing next to her. And it takes you a moment to realize who it is. But it is Bianca Chapwood, the Earl's daughter, that bitchy ass chick who has thrown you shade in that closet hours before. I'm going to throw her off the mountain. Well, <laughs> oh my god. You see, you see Becca begin to breathe heavily. She's coughing. She's so out of breath as she's trying to regain. And she's, she's, it hurts. I can't, I, and just that she's gone once more. And you are left with Bianca Chapwood on a cliff face. <laughs> and she is doing the same thing you are, which is looking around in utter disbelief. Hers veers very quickly towards anger, which is kind of indicative of a person she is, as she's trying to figure out the, where she's been put without her permission. Um, and she, she's, she is, however, speechless, because she has not felt her power been taken away such, in such a clean sweep before. She's looking around and trying to get a hold of her surroundings, but the parade does not end. With another snap of energy, Becca is back. And she is still not alone, but she is looking much worse for wear. Her eyes are bloodshot. Actually, all you can see beside the bloodshot red is the golden rims around her eyes. Everything else looks like pain, and her coughing has doubled down even more. And there is someone next to her side who you also conveniently recognize as a certain rival. And it is not your rival, it is Zill's rival. I'm gonna throw him off the mountain too. James Jonathan is also standing on a cliff face. What's happening? And you hear Becca sobbing at this point as she's coughing and you see her reach her hand up coughing and pull away and blood is starting to come out of her mouth. You can see it 
seeping into her teeth as she's going, I can't, no more, no more, and she's gone. Again. Oh, God. And it's you, Bianca, James Jonathan on a cliff face. This is a weird meet cute. It's the weirdest meet cute. But is Becca okay? Let's meet another cute, shall we? No, because there's don't. one last crack. She's gonna die. And Becca apparates and immediately passes out. You see her eyes roll into the back of her head and her body slumps to the ground of the cliff, nowhere near the edge to kind of a relief of yours. And there's one last person there. And it's actually someone you've never met. It's actually, actually kind of strange looking. It's a man you can see, but the form looks almost demonic in a sense. This is a male tiefling who you have never met before in your life. And there are four of you on a cliff face with a passed out 10 year old girl in the middle of you, blood dripping from the corner of her mouth, eyes crying gold tears, and she is completely unconscious. I don't know how to explain this to the cops. It's not gonna look good. It's not gonna look good. It's not gonna look <laughs> good to those D&D cops. On a mountain with a child and some strangers. And um, so they're all sort of reeling back and Bianca is like, what is, where are we right now? Where, oh my God, what did you, what did you do? What did she do? And she's like, she's like walked over to the edge, try to peer over. And James Jonathan is sitting in the cold. He's not dressed for the cold and neither are any of you actually. And so he's, he's sort of started to shiver up and sort of like pull his body up close. And, um, and he's like, I, I don't, do I, do I know you? And he's looking over at you because he's the only person, you're the only person whose name, whose face even sort of remotely triggers. And he asks, do I, do I know you? Uh, kind, I'm, uh, one of Zill's friends. Oh, uh, and he, and he just kind of turns away as he, as he shivers and he's trying to get a look of his surroundings as well. And he's sort of looking at Bianca too because she's a sort of notable figure so you can see that he's trying to place that as well. And the male tiefling is stoic and silent and is looking around as well. What's your name, champ, friend? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, he, and he looks over at you he says, why have I been called to this mountaintop? Phoebe makes the Tim Allen home improvement sound. <laughs> and she shrugs and looks at all of them. <laughs> Do none of you know? No. Why are we here? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Is there any way off this cliff face? We can jump. You guys want to make a suicide pack? Nope. Not the time for jokes. Is Bianca? Not Bianca. Becca? Okay. Can I check she her? Is, she's passed out. You can tell that she is still breathing. Okay. And at that point, uh, James Jonathan kneels down towards you as well. And you see him put his hands uh, on her shoulder. Mm -hmm. And you see him cast some kind of spell. Um, but there doesn't seem to be any notable, notable effect. And he sort of... Uh, takes his hands off her and looks a little frustrated and and uh, stands back up, you know, arms, you know, hands and armpits uh, to fight the cold. And Bianca claps her hands together and is trying to uh, convince herself that uh, a noble grace is required in this moment. And she says, all right, all right. Um, First and foremost, if you do know something that I do not know, uh, and I find out later, I'm going to have a huge problem with you, Phoebe, because you brought weird things with you into my town, and now I'm not in my town anymore. Did you hear the Tim Allen home improvement sound I made? I don't know what's happening. I did hear you sounding like an idiot. I just <laughs> thought it had nothing to do with this. Um, no. <laughs> okay, there's, there's, there's no way down. Can I roll a perception check? Yeah, to roll a perception take a check. Peep. Two. You 
walk to the edge of the mountaintop and you look over it and it's just that home improvement Tim Allen sound bringing in that good old noggin of yours. Huh? Molly is back. Molly's back. <laughs> Rolling too. Molly's rolls are back. God bless. This is brand new dice. I've rolled again. I got a 20. It doesn't count, but doesn't I just wanted count. to know it was possible. You just wanted to know. Now you know it is possible. Oh, my God. Um. And Bianca says, it looks like it looks like there's a path. And so I guess something wants us to take it. Okay. You're the new hero of Langdale then, so why don't you lead the way? Let's all hold hands and make a train. I would rather die than hold hands with you. We can arrange that. We are on the side of a mountain, ma'am, and I will toss you if you were rude to me. I didn't mean that, but I'm really stressed out right now. <laughs> Roll an intimidation check. No, I wasn't actually stressed. <laughs> 18. Bianca, sort of, her eyes... Oh, it's wide. actually a 20, because I got the plus two. You do. Uh, she says, fine, listen, I just, you're, you're the adventurer, so could you, could you please... Can I, like, gently pat, like, her leg? It's, like, just be like, it's gonna be okay. Like, a comforting, like... She gives you kind of a half smile and a, and a nod, just like. Okay, well, let's go down the path. Wait, um, can someone scoop up the child? And at that point, the tiefling man sort of bends down and grasps her in his hold, and he looks ready to party. Wait, wait, what's your name? You didn't tell me what your name is, sir. I'm Phoebe Valpip. Phoebe Valpip. You know others. You know the other ones here. Are you all friends? No, definitely not friends, but I do know them. I do not know you. I don't, I don't know you either. That's why I'm asking your name. Arnon. Arnon? Yes. Arnon. I'm just going to write that down. Let's go then. Okay. And so you start walking up a mountain. And you continue walking up a mountain. And it's been a while since you've walked up a mountain. And it's kind of a fucking miserable event. Mm-hmm. It's not long until you start getting winded and you start thinking about the fact that no one has rations. No one has clothes to keep them warm. If it gets any colder than this, it's a nearly unlivable environment. You're past the tree marker. There are no trees. It's just mountain and rocks to climb. And it looks like there's a small path. It could be harder. It could be much, much harder. You could be climbing. But you're walking. Hiking, trudging for an hour. And none of your company seems very talkative at this point. I feel like Phoebe's acting calm, but like very internally. Tim Allen, Hope Improvement Sound, uh, sped up by 10. Go ahead and roll a perception check. Four? All right, so you're going <laughs> up this mountaintop. And Guys, you, I think we're on a mountain. <laughs> you are having a hard time been a while you're hiking you're a little out of breath i think we're outside i think and then off in the distance you see a light and it encourages everyone to walk a little bit faster and you see that it is a torch of a very beautiful self-lit lamp almost a golden light a golden fixture that goes straight into the ground the ice that is formed here and then you see off another half mile into the distance, another one. So you walk to that one, so on and so forth for another two hours. And now you're in the clouds and visibility is low, but you're following these torches and you're leading the way because no one else seemed to volunteer for that. It's hard because you're not very much gung-ho about being the leader all the time but you were leading the way you're thinking about griana who is a ranger and who's better at tracking and who would have been actually kind of happy about climbing a mountain because she likes to like do those sort of mundane challenges just to prove she can but you're the one climbing up this mountain you have no idea why and the only one who could give you answers is passed out in a stranger's arms and then you see 20 golden lights it's like you take two steps and the fog doesn't come with you. And coming into sight is the top of this mountain. And half of the top has been carved out 
And in its place, you see this Mecca, this small, divine-looking town built of spiraling towers and long bridges connecting each of the two at crazy heights. And everything seems to be lined with gold. Is it the same shade of gold? Yes. But there is a giant stone gate between you and whatever is on the other side. And you hear the sound of a gate being risen. And you see off in the distance one figure step out and it's shut again. And you walk closer. At this point, everyone's sort of picking up their pace. And as you see it, you see this stunning woman, shaved head, dark skin, and in it, gold, tracing like tattoos, the most luminescent part of her body in the stark contrast. It brings this absolute glow to her. And she looks so young, deceptively young, like she was 23, but she carries an impossible wisdom with her. You just know that that's not what's happening here. And she, she takes a look at the group of you. And, and Becca seems to catch her attention the most. And she walks over and she sort of brushes Becca's unkempt hair back. And you see her say something very quietly. And the color begins to flood back into Becca. What? And she sort of, and Becca's, you can see her beginning to sort of grasp onto consciousness, but she is nowhere close. And you see, and she then assesses each one of you with the most invasive eyes you've ever been under. And she takes in each one of you. And at one point you see her take the collar of James's shirt and pull it away to the side a bit. Roll a perception check. Twelve. And then what do I add to my perception again? Fourteen. And you see a glimpse of a very familiar gold tattoo before she lets go and it disappears again. And she's carrying on down the line. And as she goes, she, she says, not even a third of you are here. And you are 2,000 years late. What? And she, she almost looks like almost bemused and disgusted. And she sort of stops at Bianca and just like tucks one of Bianca's hairs behind her ears and just looks her in the eyes for a few seconds and then just like smirks and shakes her head. And Bianca does not fight back. She has no words. She's so confused. And then she lays her eyes on you. Phoebe's doing, can you see me now, like the shoulder shrug, like Mm -hmm. the mischievous, like. And her eyes focus. And then she looks away from you and you see her, um, she's almost communicating in a nonverbal way Mm -hmm. to something behind her. And you see the gates begin to open again. And at this point, she looks at the other four, says, get inside, the others are waiting. And then you almost step to follow them and she puts a hand on your shoulder. Something else has its grip on you. What? What, uh, n- what do you mean? You have the mark of her, but something else is there. Um. Do you know? Phoebe pulls out her orb and shows it to her. And she, she takes it sort of rueful smile comes on her face. She hands it back to you. She holds it out. Her eyes are a little bit colder now. Oh, is she mad at me? I'm sorry. Who are you? You need to figure out 
who you are? A lot of things. Okay. I cannot let you through these gates. Uh, I've been walking for a long time. I know. It's more cold out here. I know. Well, I'm just going to die out here probably if you don't let me in. She thinks for a second and she says, you need to learn just how far that grip goes. You need to learn what that agreement you made means. And you might need to figure out how to get out of it. Though many cannot. How do you know about it? Time repeats itself, dear. And she snaps her fingers. And this large book appears in her hands. And it's black. And the it looks well read. It's a very large journal, but it almost as if some sort of, not dragon scales, but some sort of scales is, is the black binding of it. And it's completely traitless otherwise. She hands it to you. None of this will make sense until you've figured out who you answer to. Okay. How do I, how do I do that? She hands you the book and she puts her hand on your head. She says, I'm sorry I cannot let you in. You would love it here. I, I think I would. It looks real nice. To go forward, you must go back. And with that, your vision goes black. And suddenly, you are remembering. And you are home. It's what, maybe 10 years ago? No, not even. Seven, maybe? Seven years ago, and you're back home in Springvale. Do I like realize what happened? Is it like my consciousness was like transported to the past? Am well, I you're sort of, you're, you're both living this and recalling it. Okay. But for the sake of mechanics, we will say that you are living it. Okay, so if I'm, like, a little bit freaked out, it would make sense, because I just went from, like, there to there? Yes. Okay. However, you have none of the knowledge carrying now. You can bring none of what happened in the future with you to this moment. You just know that you are living it again, and you still don't know what happens at the end of this moment. Yeah. You just know that you have lived it before. It's the strangest sense of deja vu in the world. And you're back with your father in your living room. And he has called a meeting with you and your brother, Auric, and you are both there, enjoying nice warm cups of tea, as he, as you see your father sort of come into the room in his comfier set of robes, and sort of with a happy to see you face, but very solemn, he sits down, he says, all right guys, um, <laughs> Nora, Nora's late again, but I figured I'd start talking to you because this is a bit of a close family ordeal anyways. What's going on, Pop? Your grandmother is sick. And I know, I know you've known this. I know that we've been keeping her away from you and we're sorry. But she's not getting better and that's what the problem is. Um, and your mother seems to think that there is a solution. And I think it is a bit of a fool's errand. But the fair thing to do is to propose it to you. And you may wish to pursue it. If so be. There has been a sickness in our family line. It has happened more than once. It is eventual drive to madness as our body slowly falls apart around us. And it was said a few centuries, many centuries ago, that we had something to protect us from that. It's called the heart of our kind. And we know that we lost it sometime in the last thousand years or so. And your mother has been researching for the last five years in hopes of finding it. And she finally thinks she has. At an old ruin about three days travel from here. Where once our great ancestors fought. And if you would so choose. I'll go get it. That would be what she is asking. I'll do that. What, what does it look like? What? I mean, I'll just go scoop it up. How far is it? It's three days travel to the west. Okay. You'll need to cross the river. Okay. Outside of our territory. Okay. There was a great battle, one that we lost, it was said, about 700 years ago. And it's not said that we, lo we lost it. Grandma was there. It, was, it wasn't a good time. It was against some elves over this sacred land that we both wished to claim. And your mother thinks that what we seek is still there. Are the elves still there? Are they gonna... We don't know. Are they friendly elves? I also don't know that. Oh, you're busting my chops that, here. You hear um, a few knocks on the door, and then you see the head of Nora 
enter as she is five minutes late for the meeting. Oh, sorry about that, guys, but I just learned the coolest new trick on the hoop. Man, Phoebe, I can't wait to show you. We got... What, what's, why is, the energy's kind of weird in here. What's going on? <laughs> uh, we have a magical quest to go on or else we're all going to die <gasps> of, uh, like, out of some sickness, which, thank you for that, telling me, Dad. Listen, that's Dad. a bit, that's a bit extreme. Dad. We don't, it skips generations. It, we're gonna it jumps. die? No. He, no. right before you came in here, he said we're all gonna die. Listen. We're all dying no. right now. Oh my I guess you're ready to die. Phoebe. Te- Phoebe Elizabeth, what's your middle name? <laughs> Tell me right now what your middle name is. Uh, Magenta. Phoebe Magenta. <laughs> Sonic colors. <laughs> Sorry. It's just Phoebe Magenta. I will have none of your tail spinning here. Your grand- yes, uncle. Your grandmother's sick. I know. And we're trying to think of solutions, and so I'm sending you on a bit of a fool's errand, but if it works, it could help. Well, do I get to go with Phoebe? Yep. We're All right! going on a Adventure. magical quest to save Grandma, but also ourselves. Save Grandma and ourselves. And you will take Auric with you as well. Aww. Yeah! Be nice to Auric. And then you hear Auric Piper goes, I don't want to go anywhere that Nora's going. Yeah, I don't want to go anywhere you're going either. Can't it just be me and Phoebe? We'd be so, such a better team. And then you see Dad Velpip at this moment go, you are, sorry, Felros. You, you, you hear Pep. him go, Felros Velpip. <laughs> and you see him look them both sternly and say, you are both family and you will act as such. Okay. Unconditional love is kind of our whole thing, ain't it? <laughs> and so your father has explained to you that you must go to these ruins Mm -hmm. to save your grandmother and possibly yourself later along the line. It's it's a little bit of vague weirdness. Does he make us a grilled cheese for the road? He makes you ten grilled cheeses for the road. Thank you, Papa. And on your way out, you notice that um, a few more people give you things for the road. You see uh, Kazbar, your good friend, stops by and he says, "Uh, your mom... Uh, I heard about what you were doing, and so my mom sent me to bring this over, and so he Aww. gives you this basket of health potions. Aww. So Oric takes them and puts them in his bag because he's been kind of designated the Sherpa of the whole adventure, and he puts the health potions into his bag, and a few more things happen that way. You get a few, you get more rations than you could have possibly wanted. Candy, oh like it's it's a little ridiculous at a certain point. Good. And so, but like there seems, Yum. but it seems to be like. Every time it's a young person saying, oh, um, one of my elders has sent me to give you this. This feels like weird. Like, uh, something about this feels like fishy. But Pop Pop would not lie to me. No, take a, take a cocoa twist. They're really good. Oh, fuck, yeah. Thank you, guys. They're like, bye. And so you Maybe sort blows of... Maybe them all kisses. You head off the next morning <laughs> on foot because uh, your family doesn't have many... Yeah, you don't keep horses. You don't really. Tiny. You're more hikers than anything. And so you start hiking your way with Oric, your brother, and little Nora, your cousin, off toward ruins? Yeah. And it was a whole adventure. At this point, it almost fast-forwards in your memory Mm -hmm. as you're reliving this. And at one point, it slows down. And it's at a night that you guys had camped out. And uh, future you would regale this as the first and only time Lil Nora and Auric got along. Yeah, finally. They had actually found out that they were both studying the same subject at the time, which was the star cycle. And they'd spent the whole evening talking about it. You're not so bad after all. Um, I'd say the same about you, but uh, you're still kind of bad. <laughs> I don't believe you for one bit. Fine. You love me. Ugh. And it's not Ugh. unconditional love. It's real love. Get over yourself. I can't even handle this. It's so... Oh. Orc loves me. I am in hell. Yeah, you're, in, you're like, you're just, you're the, you're the oldest one here. And so... Phoebe, um, ha- can I, Phoebe has shoved one of the grilled cheeses onto a stick and yes. is cooking it over the fire so it's warm again. Yes, that's delicious. That Thank is you. a delicious good time. I have tomatoes to put in it. I don't like tomatoes. Ooh, tomatoes and grilled cheese. 
both Oric and uh, Lil Nora like tomatoes and their grilled cheese, and you are a separatist. So they have their tomatoes with their grilled cheese, and you do not. And uh, they spend most of the night sort of tracking the stars and talking about them. And at some point, Lil Nora just gets swept up in talking about the lore of the stars. And how they're supposed to represent certain things, certain events in time, or certain gods, or certain ebbs and flows of the universe. But it was all hypothesized. And so, and Oric is listening intently to every word. And you're half listening, you're half not listening. And in future, it kind of wishes you would listen a little bit more. Uh, but then time speeds up again. And it's just this montage of miserable hiking with with the two of them, and eventually you find yourself at the edges of a ruin. And it's about the first and last ruin you've ever been to, because you don't really stumble across ruins that often in a day-to-day life, especially ones that are in the middle of the woods with nothing surrounding them. And this one is, is beautiful. It's, it's this white marbled sort of thing, and you can see that it's sort of fallen in on itself and all that's left is sort of the back half of what was maybe this grand hall, maybe some sort of religious happening, but you know that religion hasn't been a thing in in centuries. Religion just like hasn't really come into play, except for people who are really desperately looking for something to believe in, and that's one in a thousand. And you, you can't really put a put a pin on what this ruin is and it's and it's dirty and for a minute it seems like there's nothing there there's nothing to be found um, as you're sort of rooting through the rubble and then you find out that the sort of back half of this of this still kept ruin is still intact and you manage to find a door that leads downwards oh that sounds cool I want to go in that and everyone else is equally excited as you sort of wander into a down, a, an underground series of caverns. Wow. This is awesome. Oh, this is so cool. And you are standing at the base and there are five different tunnels. And which one do you pick? Which one do you go down? Oric is standing there, and he's like, "Listen, as the uh, as the in charge person here, as we all know, I clearly am." Phoebe rolls her eyes so hard. Uh, so as hard. you know, um, I may be the youngest, but I am clearly the most powerful. And <laughs> in most, your dreams, hey, we all know it here. Um, <laughs> I will no one here questioning. My power and ability. Phoebe ruffles his hair and gives him a little kiss Stop on the top it. of the head. Stop <laughs> it! No. <laughs> Listen. Okay. I think it is important <laughs> that we split up and we investigate all possible options. Mm-hmm. Split up. Little man's making oh, plans. Oh, are you scared of a tunnel, <laughs> Nora? No, I just want to see all Phoebe's little Nora scared of a no. tunnel. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna go the scariest one. Number three. I'm in hell. <laughs> I gulp. No, I want to go in the dark, scary tunnel. I'm the bravest. Um, um, I called it first. I want to okay. go, and you're both going to go in the other ones. That's what's happening. Is that okay? Says who? Yeah. Uh, me. How about this? Fair and square. Rock. Sickle. <laughs> Parchment? parchment let's go <laughs> Phoebe oh I love my brother so much I just want to just like give him a little like just like like a, like, is he, like a baby she just like squishes yeah, his I'm cheeks I'm not at that level <laughs> and so he's like fine rocksicle parchment <laughs> oh you did this you made this canon mm-hmm. I, I had nothing to do with this Sydney Foltz And uh, are you participating in Rock Sickle Parchment? Yeah, sure, yeah. And you go to all, (laughs) and he says, Rock Sickle, and he bolts towards the third (laughs) tunnel. And you see Auric take off 
Phoebe's laughing and clapping. <laughs> my face gets really red. Oh my god! And I make like a look at that face. scamp go. He got us good. And I need to know what you guys are doing. Oric has just disappeared down into the third darkest tunnel, but you gnomes have dark vision, so not a big Im- Im- impedance. Would you like you. to go together? Yeah, okay. Okay. That sounds fun. We just go into the next tunnel next to it. Yeah, number two. Uh, all right, so you guys start uh, venturing down number two. And number two gets real fun real fast. Okay. <laughs> In that um, it looks normal for a little while, and then you start seeing really fantastic-looking geodes Ooh. in the walls. Oh. Amethyst, quartz, sort of, it illuminates this place that you're in. And you sort of wander further and further down it. I'm gonna have you guys go ahead and roll a perception check. Oh, I crit. Oh, dope, girl. Finally. I miss my funny younger brother. I wish I, wish I had one in real life. 15. So you both feel it at the same time, and it's hard to pinpoint, especially since we live in this world, and it's hard to articulate, but you feel sort of a cosmic shift. You feel something inherently wrong, and you see ahead of you, there was a pile of bones. And as you pass a specific point, you see those bones begin to have a sort of life in them. Skeleton fight. As it begins yes. to put itself back together. Yes. Whoa. Back into thing. whole. And you see it is the skeleton of a gnome. Okay. And just as you take that in, you see two more. And there are three of them. And they are unmoving. But they have formed a line, barring you from entering further. I want to go past them, though. So we're- yeah, I, I'll follow. I follow Phoebe. All right, so you walk closer to challenge this. And just as you do, action warrants equal reaction. And I will ask you to roll initiative. Skeleton fight. 18. Oh, wait, no. What do I add for initiative? Your initiative. Whoop, yep. Okay, uh, 21. Uh, I got 14. <laughs> Oh my god, Katie made us animated skeletons. That's my favorite thing in this mortal plane. Uh, I guess maybe not mortal plane because they're skeletons, but. And then Nora, new name, new name for the initiative track, Scale. All right, so Phoebe, you get to go first. You see that they are starting to get aggressive towards you. Like they are going to do what they can to stop you from continuing forward. Okay, um, I'm going to just go for it with my short sword and try and, like, slice the one in the middle. All right, so you go forward with your short sword and try to slice the one in the middle. This is your first, like, yeah, let's yeah. go. New new fighter. Okay. Phoebe, what does she roll? Um, can I, did that roll? I fucking, whatever. <laughs> 19, um, and then 1d6 for damage, 4. Okay. So you do 4 damage to the one in the middle, hitting it with your short sword, and then in vivid memory, you can recall doing Nora trying to fight as well. Short sword, strike it at the one I'm closest to. All right, roll. 13 plus, plus four, just plus four for you guys. Okay, so 17 and then 1d6 damage. Yep, that hits. Four. All right, and you're doing one to not the one that Phoebe just hit. Yeah, the one okay. that's closest. So you guys start capably fighting your way through them. Um, And you see that they are doing the same in kind. And uh, there are going to be two on you, Phoebe. Good. And one on Nora. Nora, 15, you have an AC of 14. Mm -hmm. They're all going to hit. So. Good. Watch like Phoebe die in this flashback. Yeah, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, You are going to take. She's been half dead this whole time. Mm -hmm. You take six damage, Phoebe. I only have 11 hit points. And you take four. And it's back up to you. I have five health. I'm aware. Okay. We should, should we run? Because, like, I can't die. It's the past. So I guess I'm just going to keep fighting. All right. Um, oh, wait. I'll, can I drink one of the health potions I got? Unfortunately. Oh, no. With my brother who ran away. Possessor. All right. Um, I literally can't do enough damage to kill them all right now. And if we run, then we don't get to go see the cool thing down the tunnel, though. What do you think we should do, Sid? Um, we do have minor illusion if you want to distract and then I'll hit. Can we do that? Yeah, sure. Can I cast? What distracting minor illusion would you create to distract skeletons? 
maybe something behind them that got past them. And minor illusion is. Oh, what if you just had a bunch of sap? <laughs> Phoebe, Phoebe pulls out two guns <laughs> and just goes to town on the skeletons. I want to have an illusion of like another gnome attacking them from behind, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can just run past them. Uh, sound or image? Image. Sound. Roll, roll a wisdom check. Just okay. roll a wisdom. Crit fail. That's a great idea. You do that. <laughs> but um. Skeletons don't have, let's say, <laughs> eyes in the back of their heads. Oh and since goodness. it's an illusion, they don't feel it. Um, and so... Uh, this isn't Phoebe feeling yeah, literally Molly the player. <laughs> um, so the nice thing, though, is... Uh, the one you have you that you have it attacking doesn't see, and neither does the one next to it. But the one on the very far end can see out of the corner of its eyes that... There is another thing behind them, and you see that skeleton turn to go handle that business. So you have distracted one skeleton. It was fortunately not the one that either of you were fighting. All right, gotta gotta fail to succeed. Phoebe Phoebe goes, oh fuck! And now it is. (laughs) Yeah, I saw the whole thing. Nora's turn. All right. Okay, I can't die, but you can, so be careful. Short sword, and I go for, I'm guessing, the one on the. The left is the what when? This was distracted, yes. Okay, so it's so actually more, go... it's more like, these are three skeletons. This one is turned away, so it's kind of behind that one now, because the illusion is here. And then you guys are here. Cool, I'm going for um, the distracted one now. So you're on this side of Phoebe, though. So you would have to, like, and then, then this one would get an attack of opportunity. Ah. I'm going to stick with the one I was going with. All right. <laughs> With my short sword. Oh my god. And I crit fail. We are going to die in this flashback. Uh, roll another d20. Uh, what do I add to it? Uh, like a regular attack roll. Uh, 14. Alright. Sometimes terrible, terrible actions can lead to some benefit in that you, that you remember little Nora swinging her sword, completely tripping, losing her footing as she tumbles into the skeleton in front of her and hitting the one on the side with her sword. Yes. And you see her actually sweep her sweep like the feet has been swept out from under them as you see little Nora go tumbling to the ground uh, and taking a skeleton to the ground with it. So there's Sweet. a skeleton on the ground. Roll damage. Ooh, six. All right, so another three damage to the middle one. And then it is time for the skeletons to party. So, this skeleton is prone. It is going to spend prone. Just has to spend movement to get up. But it's actually not going to get up. It's actually going to try and attack you with it on with it with you on it. Um, but it does have disadvantage, and its disadvantage is a two, so it misses Lil Nora. And the skeleton in the middle is still pretty much like eyes on Phoebe, eyes on the prize. <laughs> And that is a six plus a three. No. So a nine is not going to hit either. Motherfucking. And uh, then- Are you trying to kill me? uh, No. (laughs) And then you see the third skeleton try to attack this illusion, get a 15, slice right through it, evaporating the image. Phoebe goes, gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) And then it is back up to the gotcha girl. Phoebe Valpip. I attack the middle boy again. 14 plus 4, 18. And then I do 6 damage. Plus 2. Oh, 8 damage. Cool. It actually doesn't matter because it had 6 health points. And so with that, you take out the middle skeleton and it shambles once more into just being pieces of bone on the ground. Nora. Woo, that's my girl Phoebe. Now it's my turn. You are on top of a skeleton. There's a skeleton (laughs) standing over you. (laughs) I still got my short sword. You do. And I'm You are going to have disadvantage because you are prone on the ground. Right. So you can either spend your movement getting up and then use your action to attack, or you can just attack and take disadvantage from the ground. All right. I'm going to use my action or my movement to get up, and then I'm going to attack. There you go. And I got a 16. That's going to hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Woohoo! So bad because I think Katie was trying to kill us. Six again! It's like, right. like a beautiful death that was supposed to happen here that we fucked nope. up. <laughs> okay. Nope. And so then we are back to the skeletons. There are still two left. 
One of them is looking much worse for wear, and one is still at full. And angry, because it was just deceived, that dumb, dumb skeleton boy. <laughs> um, so it launches at you, Phoebe, with a blaze of fury, but unfortunately swings wide. And um, the other skeleton spins its movement, getting up as well, and then rolls to attack you. And gets a 19, so oh. you take two more damage, and then it is back over to Phoebe. Um, I'm going to attack the one that just attacked her. Okay. So, 18, and four damage. All right, so you do four damage to the skeleton. It is barely keeping its body up. Nora. I'm going to go for the same one. All right. Ooh, 18. Okay, yep. Three. All right, and with that, you two managed with the power of teamwork to fell the next skeleton, leaving just the last one standing, the one that you had deceived. It's still got its eyes on you. Seven plus three is a 10 that will not hit, unfortunately. No, you are too small a subject. Oh, you're, you're all gnomes. This is a gnome skeleton fight. Never mind. <laughs> no Hold on, I'm skeleton busy. Fight. Yeah, I'm busy being amused by a gnome skeleton fight. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm done being amused by a gnome skeleton fight. It is back up to your turn, Phoebe. Um, I'm going to attack with a short sword again. That's going to hit. Um, and then six damage. All right. That took me a fucking second, didn't it? <laughs> um, addition and basic math. Nora. Same Skeletor. Ooh, unnatural 20. You rolled a 16. Yeah, plus oh, four. Oh, unnatural 20. I thought you said natural. I'm dumb. Yep, keep going. <laughs> um, assuming that hits. Four. All right, another four damage. The skeleton is on its last legs and it's going to try and get in some sort of death standing. And fuck me, that's a six. You gave me your curse. <laughs> and unfortunately, it is not able to do so. Phoebe, it is your turn. I, trust me, you are not at the intended point of no return, I promise. 16? You would know, a 16 hits. All right, and four damage. All right, and with that final blow from Phoebe herself, the three skeletons are taken out and you are in a silent cave again. Geodes lighting the way further down. Phoebe takes one of the skulls as a trophy. I was going to say, yeah, me too. <laughs> I put one in my hair. Let's take the third one for uh, my brother, whose name I forgot. Uh, your brother's name is Ulrich. Ulrich. And you're taking a skeleton head. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm taking, I'm taking the, the helix. I'm taking a small, I'm taking two small <laughs> Let's bones. Let's some bones, And using boys. them like chopsticks in your hair? <laughs> no, okay, I don't. <laughs> I mean, like, yes and. Like, that's, yeah, like, no, that's a I'm look. taking the rib bones, and I'm going to make a bracelet out of them, but then I take um, two slightly bigger bones, maybe they're like the neck bone spines, and yes, I put them in my hair. It's okay. a horrifying sight. That is, oh, it's a, it's a power move for sure. I look I just so want the skull, cool. and I take an extra one for Auric, and I put them in my bag. All right, you put two skulls in your bag, okay, and you skull. continue <laughs> further down, or do you retreat? Further down. All right, I so didn't you, fight the skeleton just to go back. I thought so. I was just <laughs> double-checking. Uh, so, you, so you go further down this tunnel. It seems to almost be brighter. It seems to almost get brighter as you walk and more enchanting and more beautiful and it's just eventually this rainbow of color the skeletons are hoarding this beauty yeah and it was it's beautiful and uh roll a perception check 18 um, oh wait what do we add yeah uh six all right so it's <laughs> not very perceptive. you're wandering down this this winding path and just as you go to take another step, Phoebe, Nora throws out her arm to stop you. Nora, you have noticed that there is a pressure plate on the ground that would have triggered some sort of trap. Oh, awesome. you see that shit, Phoebe? What? Oh, this <laughs> is some Indiana Jones shit in here. I love it. Yeah. I kind of want to step on it and see what happens. No, but don't, don't! It's just going to be a big boulder that comes down and crushes us. <laughs> so... Don't I know it. Let's go around it. <laughs> All right, so you go around the pressure plate. Um, you don't really see what it would have done, but you, you keep walking. And um, eventually, just when you thought it couldn't get any brighter, mm. you are at the end of this cave. And it opens up into this small circular alcove. And it's just, it, it's, a, it's beautiful. It's, it's like light is coming from behind the rocks into the room. 
and through that it filters through prisms and there's rainbows and cotton candy and it's it's a <laughs> it, it's like... truly it's almost like a disco ball had been let loose in yes. here but it's a completely natural phenomenon from what you can tell and in the center on this pedestal seems to be a carved rock and as you get closer i feel like we picked the best tunnel for sure oh yeah whatever tunnel oryx i'm probably i hope he didn't run into any skeletons also i haven't really unpacked that yet how are the skeletons moving i have not like emotionally looked back on that and checked that out how did that happen uh, I look behind me, I'm like, I can't see anything. This is some pretty spooky st- I feel like we've been Yo, a bit cavalier about this. Phoebe, that was pretty cool, though. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Yeah. You see that illusion I did? Oh, my God, it was, it was, you were so close, Phoebe. I think it was a good idea. Oh, my God, it was a brilliant idea. I love how stupid Phoebe can be sometimes. Just, like, no perception, and then I myself just, like, do the dumbest shit. Phoebe, if there's every, any, anyone I'd want to fight giant skeletons with, it's definitely you. Oh my god. Me too. And so you guys wander closer to this pedestal. And um, you see a necklace. It's golden chained, this very fine looking chain. And it comes down, the chain gets larger. And then in the center, there's a, a loop ring that is attached to some sort of carved bone. Um, it's just a short segment. It's got some intricate carvings. Um, from here, without touching it, you can just sort of see uh, a mural of sorts of some sort of forestry. And then below that, there's another jump ring. And then there is a carved, beautiful red gemstone in the shape of a heart. It's faceted. It's beautiful. And on each side of the heart, you can see face, faces carved in. One face on each side. One smiling and one frowning. And it sits there in opulent stillness. I go up. Mm-hmm. I pick it up, and I'm about to put it on. Okay. I put Jesus it on. Christ. Oh, Phoebe. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. Um, okay. Unfortunately, my Indiana Jones warning wasn't quite enough. Um, I'm so young. you have <laughs> removed that Here and um hold comes on let me just i'm so sorry that i have to uh improvise trap damage go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw so what would that be uh you roll a d20 <laughs> a d20 okay do i add anything yeah you're de- so you got oh a, my dex you got a 15 got a 15 and i'm not 15? rolling right yeah so you're only gonna take half damage which is nice um but flames shoot out of the pedestal that this necklace was sitting on as a sort of deterrent. And you jump back, but you still take, you take four points of fire damage. Oh, Oh, sorry, sorry, it's five halved, so three. You take three. Do we know what this thing we're looking for looks like? As you jump back from your father's very vague, like, it's a necklace of healing. You also notice that you did not talk to your mother before you left. Yeah, I should have done that probably. And it was almost purposefully orchestrated as such on your father's part. Mama. Mama. What'd you, what you do, mom? So you see Nora stumble back, fall, fall on her ass as she tries to avoid the fire. And she is um, scalded oh. and on the ground with a necklace in her hands. Put it on. Maybe. Will it heal you? It's a necklace of healing. You gonna try? Phoebe like runs up to her and she's like kind of holding her. How do I look? Looks so good. Looks really nice on you. Cause I'm in a lot of pain. But as long as I look good, that's all that but matters. Like, so this is the end of the tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe we should go back and find my brother because there's a whole lot of death traps in here. Hey, Phoebe. And we did find a necklace. That's true. It, isn't that what you said The what the thing we're supposed to be looking for is? Some type of necklace? Right. That's what Pep Pop said. Yeah. Oh. You feel any better putting it on? Yeah, I feel a lot better. You feel warmer, but not better. I, I feel... Maybe it's the burns. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. 
Yeah, it could be the burns. I'm not even going to touch that ruby. I really want to, but I don't want to die. Okay. Man, I can't stop looking at it. Uh, I want the ruby, but I know something's going to happen if I touch it. But, like, I'm so curious. Do it or don't, man. I won't. I won't. Phoebe, you should feel how smooth it is. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here, So Scoob. you guys start walking out of this chamber. And uh, you notice that it looks dimmer as you guys are leaving. At some point, you hear like a as you notice a geode fall and hit the ground. You see Nora sort of pick it up and put it in her pocket because she thinks it's pretty. And uh, you continue on through. Roll wisdom checks. 13. 12. Well, that's going to be enough. You remember not to step on the trap plate oh my on God. your way out. Thank God. And um, so you eventually make it back out to the, the tunnel of the, the alcove where five tunnels meet. And you don't see Auric. This place is just as you left it. I kind of want to go down the tunnel he went down because I'm really worried for him now because we almost died and he's like stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we definitely need some health potions for sure. But let's, uh, let's learn from our mistakes or our almost mistakes. Well, my mistake. And uh, let's watch for traps. Yes. We're very okay. vigilant, and we're going to go down the same tunnel that he went down, because yep. I'm scared for him. All right, so you head down the third tunnel, and it is pitch black for about 200 feet. And then there's a small little glimmer of just, like, pure white, but you can't quite see the source. And then there's 5, 10, 50. As you walk further down, the more this tunnel feels like a galaxy. You are surrounded by stars. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. If you didn't know better, if you didn't know this was a tunnel, you would feel like you were surrounded by infinite, by just like everything. And you keep walking. You wonder, oh man, this tunnel feels infinite. Will it literally be infinite? Because you're walking and you're walking and you're walking. You're like, Jesus Christ, how long does this tunnel go? But then you make it to an alcove three times as large as the other one. Okay. And you are surrounded by the universe, the infinite. It is looked, it was, if you could get, Nora actually begins to notice the constellations. They're lining up from the sky. They're also here. This isn't just an accident. This was a purposeful Baby. night. Pinch me. I think I'm dreaming. Is too far? Oh my God, definitely not dreaming. This is so cool. I don't know if this is cool. I mean, like, it's pretty, but. And you see the back of your brother, Auric. Auric? And he does not respond. That's not a good sign. And you take a few <laughs> steps closer to him. He's standing. Um, you take a few steps closer, and you call his name again, and there's no response. And you eventually get up to him, and you notice that he is standing in front of a similar pedestal. But this one has something else in it. It is an orb. Oh my god. A glass one. <laughs> with a closed <laughs> eye in the middle of it. Oh my god. And as you sort of see that Auric has placed his full palm on it. Oh no. Well. And you see Auric's eyes have rolled into the back of his head and his body is almost tremoring. And you have no idea what's happening to him. But he seems frozen like that. I take his, I like try and pull him off the orb. So you try and pull his hand off the orb. Do you touch it? Yes. All right, so you're trying to pull his hand off the orb, and without touching it for a minute, it does not work. You're pulling, you try to wrench him away, and it's just, it is glued there. His body wants to stay there, too. It's fighting against you. And so finally, in an attempt, you push him at the same time that you put your hand on the orb, and the trade is accepted. And you have no recollection of this, but Nora does. Did. You see, Nora remembers, seeing an eye open in the orb. And your figure, Phoebe's figure, become encased in darkness for a solid three seconds as Oryx falls limp on the ground. And then the darkness blasts away from you. And it is such a strong blast that it shakes the cavern you're in. Oh God. 
and it throws Nora against a wall. And you don't remember a lot in between that time that you put your hand on that orb and to when you got out. In fact, you spend a lot of time trying to remember, but you cannot seem to. The only image that you can conjure when you try to remember those 20 minutes is Nora's lifeless form on the ground as you tried to wake her up. Oh God. And Oryx's disapproving face as you demanded that you bring the orb with you for how reasons is, you could not explain. How was I demanding? Like, like Gollum with the ring almost? Or like just? You just knew in an utmost certainty that you just needed to keep this for now. Just like, I listen, I know what I'm doing. And it's almost like past you wrote a letter to future you that you read but you don't remember. You just know that this I must have. It has something it's a part of me and I'm a part of it. And so that memory sticks with you. And it has for the last few years. Oric has never forgiven himself, but he also hasn't forgiven you. And that's what led to that gap. If you think about it really hard, maybe that's what led to you leaving. Because you thought it might be easier. If your grandma's still alive, everything should feel right, but it didn't. You thought maybe it could never feel right again. You thought maybe some time away would do it. And after that memory, after you relive that, your vision comes back to you. You were not standing on a mountaintop. You were not in an arena fighting an elemental. You were not home, at least with your family. You were at your new home, the treehouse. Remnants of the cinnamon rolls you had made that morning before you guys left still sit out on the counter. And you were holding a massive black tome in your hands. And you don't know how much time has passed, but you're there. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, I killed my friend and my brother's mad. Oh, what happened? What? This is what she told you. She told you, you need to find out what you've done. And I killed my friend. Is that the thing that I forgot? No. No, you, okay, no. I remember that. You just don't know what agreement you've made. You just know that you've made one and that it was important to keep. Mm -hmm. Can I open the tome? Yes. Can I open it? You do. And we'll get to that next session. No, I need it now. No. <laughs> oh my God. That was so fun and cool. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dungeons, Dice, and Everything Nice. This is actually going to be a quick outro for a very specific reason, though I do have a lot to talk about. But this weekend is both Carly and I's 21st birthdays. Mine was yesterday, hers is today. So I'm actually finishing wrapping up this outro in which I will be changing out of my sweatpants and into some appropriate party gear and heading to a tiki bar to celebrate, so excuse the rush. But I have some exciting news that I want to talk about, and that is is the fact that Dungeons Dice and Everything Nice is going to be moving into a recording studio pretty soon here. We recorded our first session on Friday and you're not going to be able to hear that for a little while because we do have a back catalog, but we've recorded sort of the end of this season at this apartment that we have to edit out train noises for. But after that, we are moving into the Cards Against Humanity studio where the audio quality is um, heaven-like and it's going to make editing and production quality and that's so much better. We're going to be able to start bringing in guests, maybe female improvisers from around Chicago who want to throw down with us. It's greenlit this whole view, this 
it's really, it's, it's changed everything. And I challenged myself not to um, edit this outro at all. So that weird stutter's gonna stay in there, but it's, it's really, it's really changed everything and has allowed us to dream sort of big for what we want this podcast to look like. And we're really excited to take you guys on that journey with us. So if you're listening to this within like the first week of it being released, like, thank you for joining us on this journey when we were just in an apartment and editing out train noises and figuring out what sound works best. And it's because of you and the encouragement that you gave us and the love that we were able to make this happen. So thanks to you, we get to start this incredible, exciting new chapter. And I'm so, so excited for you to see what I have planned. But to do that, we have to make it to next week. So have a good time, guys. I'm going to change out of these sweatpants. Have a really good week. I'll see you next time, where our adventure will continue.